Hi, and welcome to a very short introduction. From ancient Greece to branding, globalisation to Homer, and logic to fashion, we'll showcase a concise and dynamic insight into a range of diverse topics for wherever your curiosity may lead you. So here is today's very short introduction. Hello, my name is Rebecca Arnold. I am a lecturer in fashion history at the Courtauld Institute of Art in London, and I'm also the author of fashion, a very short introduction. Fashion is such an important part of global histories because it connects to global trade. So it's about money and commerce and industry. It's also about creativity and artistry. So the craft skills that go into creating clothing, the designers who imagine new ways of dressing, but it's also about the everyday and particular micro trends. So it might be what's happening in the schoolyard. It's also something that we can think about in terms of social and cultural identities. So it's about change. It's so it's time based. It's about clothing, grooming, the way you present your body. And it's about this enormous international network of media, industries, craftspeople, as I said, who are all working towards shaping the ways that we dress and the things that we buy to clothe our bodies. So although fashion can be any industry, it can be about trends in car design, it can be about trends in the way people treat particular illnesses, for example, fashion is most usually known as something to do with clothing and the body. So thinking about that, it's important to consider the way that fashion connects with our identities. So the way that fashion, both on the industrial level, sort of high fashion, haute couture, but ready to wear, and also at street level, the way that people are using it to convey a particular sense of self, to talk about the way they think of themselves as a particular gender or as a fluid gender identity, their sexual identity, their ethnic identity, and their religious identities, all these things may be expressed through the fashions that they wear. And representation is therefore really important. So the fashion media itself, as well as being integral to conveying designers' ideas to the marketplace and to using photographers, stylists, and a whole other sort of cadre of creatives to express an idea of fashion, it's also representing who we are and who we might want ourselves to be in the future. So it's become increasingly important, particularly in recent years, that everyone's voice is heard and that everyone is seen. And so recently there have been more and more models of colour, there have been models of different body sizes, models of different abilities physically. And although that can mean real freedom and excitement in terms of the models who are seen but also the way people connect with the models that they see it can also be oppressive and there have been periods in time for example the 1990s when white very thin models dominated and this obviously is an issue that has been brought to wide attention but it's important to remember as I said that fashion can also be a way to reimagine yourself and to enter an escape and an escapist land of dreams. And so, for example, during the Second World War, fashion magazines were on the one hand very practical and on the other hand were something to turn away from the war and the horrors of everyday life and to dream of other existences and future identities.
Fashion therefore links to politics and morality. Anything that connects to your body and to sexuality is inevitably going to be caught up with contemporary mores in terms of what is allowed. So how can you present your body and how do fashion designers connect with this? And obviously there have been particular designers who've been seen as particularly um, risque in the way that they've presented the body. So Versace, Gianni Versace was famous for revealing the body and shaping the body. But also um, modest fashion more recently has linked to Muslim religion and to the desire to clothe the body but remain stylish. Within this, there is the push for art. So it's not just about commerce, it's about art. So haute couture in Paris is most famous for this with the sort of golden age of, um, you know, Balenciaga, Dior, also more recent designers who have looked at the ways that handmade clothing cut and shaped to a particular body is important to showing how and why we wear particular clothes and how we can demonstrate our artistic and aesthetic sensibilities. So it's also about shopping and the choices you make as a consumer and a wearer, just as much as it's about the designers themselves. And the highest level of couture is, I would argue, just as important as what people are wearing on the streets and how people are conveying a sense of self whether that's subcultural dress, so particular groups like punks in the 1970s, but also just the ways that small trends can develop within a particular area. So clearly fashion is about politics, society, culture. It's about fun and being expressive. It's about art, but it's also about, you know, cash. It's about capitalism. It's about persuading us to buy particular things. And I have to say that I can't actually remember a time when I wasn't obsessed by fashion. I can remember as a little girl watching films and drawing the styles that I saw. I would sellotape my doll's clothes to the back of the sofa and to the dining room chairs to make what I felt were sort of interesting combinations of dress and avidly read anything I could find on dress history. And it wasn't until I started studying at the Courtauld where I now teach myself that I was able to really go in depth and, and study fashion history as, as an academic subject. But I think fashion is just endlessly fascinating because it's so diverse, it's so multifarious, it's global, and it connects with so many aspects of who we are and how we want others to see us. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast and I hope you'll read my fashion, a very short introduction. Thank you.